campers. Hello. I'm Spike. I'm Chris. And we are geeking out. Geeking out. Jinkies. Oh, no. It's been a, it's been a rough, rough. We're going to start with that. Then rough. I want to put this in the first place. It's been yeah. a rough couple of weeks for HBO Max. Velma. Let's go ahead. Everybody else on the planet has poo-pooed this already. Oh, it has been a major poo-poo dog. Yeah, let's talk about this. Velma. The Scooby-less Velma. Hopefully Scooby-less Velma because as of episode two coming out, apparently Scooby is now, uh-huh. now identifies as a black female. Yes. Yes. Do uh, forgive the lighting in here. We're still trying to figure out the new the new library and stuff. But what were you saying about the about the new Scooby? The new Scooby? Oh, well, let's see. Where do I begin with this Velma show? Here's the thing. So, it's not the fact that people have issues. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Are you ready for this? Uh Alright, so uh, the woman who does the voice for Velma said on a late show that it's mostly because of racism that the show is getting because of the fact of the race lift in the show. But actually, according to hardcore Scooby-Doo fans, that's actually not the problem. It's the fact that none of the characters act like the original characters. Yeah. This is essentially a... A dumpster fire? No, it's... Okay, let's. There are so many ways. I've been thinking about this for a while. There's so many ways to start. Let's just go ahead and say we've talked before about what it's like when you trash an intellectual property that you've been handed. Yes, Mindy Kaling. Uh, that's right. Yes, is Mindy's. the so and so who's she's writer, exec, star, executive producer, yada yada on Velma. Okay. Mindy Kaling, this is not her first rodeo. This is like her third or fourth show. Mindy Kaling is one an example of failing up. Okay. When you... She is correct on one thing. Okay. The reaction to this show is racist, but not in the way she intends. As usual, with all of these... Justice warriors doing their doing their own particular type of pop culture, they get to the truth, but they do it in the wrong direction. Okay, Mindy Kaling has three qualifications that put her in charge of the Velma project. She is female, she is brown, and she was on the office, and she has failed up ever since. She, whoever at Warner Brothers, greenlit. This project needed to tick off female producer, a brown producer, and somebody with a track record of success, and that's Mindy Kaling. She takes off all three. She had nothing to, she had precious little to do with the success of The Office. I'm not going to say she had nothing because she actually did write a couple of episodes of it. She's done a couple of projects since then. I couldn't tell you any of them, but hey. But Mindy Kaling came out of that generation with Jordan Peele and a bunch of others. 
that to one extent or another has been successful or not. In this case, blatantly unsuccessful. Uh, does not treat the intellectual property with respect. Probably, she probably knows the basics of Scooby-Doo, but I guarantee you, even if she is a fan of Scooby-Doo, what she's doing is she's, she's writing a show that she thinks is clever, and it's not. It is failing miserably in just about every metric. There will be no merchandising here. Believe me, Warner Brothers wanted merchandising. They wanted Velma to succeed so they can merchandise this. And so they can finally get away from the Scooby-Doo part of it with the Great Dane. Scooby-Doo is a Great Dane. They want to get away from the dog so they can have human characters and they need to be diverse. So now suddenly Velma is black. Uh, suddenly, suddenly Fred is, well, he's a stereotypical white guy with a, with a shrinky dinky. And Shaggy's a drug dealer. Shaggy's he's a drug black. dealer, and he's black. The reason he's a drug dealer is because he's black, because only black people deal drugs, according to Mindy Kaling and her ilk. Mindy Kaling is correct that this is the reason Velma is getting the reaction it is, is because of racism. It is racism from the people at Warner Brothers who put a totally unqualified creator like Mindy Kaling in charge of their intellectual property. Their racism, they wanted those boxes ticked. Their racism is responsible for Velma existing to begin with. If, Velma, if this show did not exist, Mindy Kaling would not be taking this much heat. Or she might, but she would be doing it with a different intellectual property. The people who come from this generation and... We'll actually get a little more into this because we do have episodes of Backrack Video and, and Chore of Duty coming out this week, believe it or not. we got a lot to make up for. On the Chore of Duty, we're going to be talking about the difference between justice and peace. And we'll talk about that a little on. Anyway, so the reason why... The reason why Velma exists and is as it is, is indeed because of racism. So... She actually has a point. She just didn't realize. She just didn't realize she had made it. <laughs> actually, to her own detriment. So, <laughs> well, either which way, it's getting a, se a second season, which I don't know how because the audience score is six percent. The audience score is six percent. The critic score is fifty-five percent, which shows you just how far in the bag the critics are with uh, with any of these projects, as long as a phony baloney point is being made. They don't care about the entertainment value. They don't care about the uh, they don't care about the residual value. They don't care about building the intellectual property as long as a stupid phony baloney point is made. And again, we'll talk about justice and why it is not very good for anybody on the tour of duty this week. Programming note: Stay tuned. What else you got, Chris? <clears throat> Something has happened. We've it's been what? Three weeks since we did an episode, sure of geeking out. Surely something besides Velma has happened. <laughs> Not really. 
Um, it'll be a short episode. So, it's good because we got three episodes. I got a bunch of cards here. Well, let's knock them out. Let's go into some of the other things that are going on. And I'll tell you what I want to talk about or not. You know, I'll take your cards away. Well, then it is going to be a short episode. This. <laughs> um, That's the so, idea. Sadly, uh, Lisa Marie Presley passed away. Uh, again, we. This is late news. Uh, but well, yeah, relatively late, but. Lisa Marie Presley, bless her little heart. She she suffers from Keith Richards syndrome. She did all the drugs. And when you do all the drugs and you're not Keith Richards, who is actually a reanimated Egyptian mummy slash zombie slash when you're not when you don't have that, then you're going to do serious irreparable damage to yourself. And that's exactly what Lisa Marie did. So. Yeah. Yeah. She passed away at 54. Um, she did get the chance to uh, attend the Golden Globe Awards, which is also on the list of things to talk about. But uh, she got to see the movie, uh, the Elvis movie, Get Win. Yeah. And stuff. So, so that was cool. Yeah. So. <laughs> Bye-bye, so, Lisa Marie. Uh, Jeremy Renner. Uh, that poor guy. That poor guy was, uh, as you all may have already heard by now, Jeremy Renner, the star of Hawkeye, the Avengers, all that, um, was in a, a freak accident with a snowplow. He was run over by a snowplow on his property. Yes. Wow. Uh, there is a good chance that he may lose his leg. Uh, there is no more news on that as far right now. If he has, I think they're just waiting to see what yeah. might happen. So, well, as we tweeted that on the Do What Wear Twitter account, pray for him and pray for for people for his family and stuff mm. to get through this, and hopefully he makes it through in one piece. Because yeah, he's a great actor. I like him. He's, he's a nice guy. He's yeah. just he just does his thing and. <laughs> he just has no craps to get. That's true. <laughs> Renner will be the first to tell you he has no craps to get. What else we got? Uh, Michael Bay is being charged for animal cruelty after uh, a pigeon apparently was killed while filming Transformers 6. I don't care. Is he filming in California? I do not know, probably. That would explain a lot. But the Humane Society of the United States, HSUS, has been around for years and years. They're basically, they're not quite the ASPCA, which is the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. The Humane <laughs> Society basically works to make sure that, along similar lines, but while the ASPCA actually does run some, some, animal shelters. Humane Society has taken on more of a regulatory role. They actually copyrighted no animals were harmed in the production of the, in this production or in the making of this movie or whatever. They actually copyrighted that. So now if you're a, an animal justice warrior, then you see that at the end of the credits, then you'll know, okay, so they paid off the Humane Society to come in so we didn't kill anybody. <laughs> so needless to say, that's not going to be in... Or actually, it probably will be at the end of Transformer 6. But frankly, I'm more worried about 
Transformer 6 killing brain cells more than killing a stray pigeon. There's nothing wrong with squab, by the way, but I don't want to eat it. True. What you got, Chris? Um, okay, so we got a couple of rants. I got a yep. couple of rants. He's got rants. Uh, of course, as you know, uh, Ezra Miller, who plays The Flash, is coming back and is being kept on as The Flash. Uh, he played guilty of uh, burglary, and that's pretty much that is it. Uh, all the other charges seem to have been dropped. Yeah. Uh, and there the right was a lot of, paid off, yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of charges. Um, now, the reason why I'm ranting about this, and this leads into the other uh, news as well. The way DC is going right now, with James Gunn firing Henry Cavill as Superman, but yet they decide to keep Ezra Miller. Remember we were talking about failing up. But he's definitely, definitely somebody who up. fails yeah. up. He's he, he he clicks that metrosexual box, and that's not so much the uh, that's not so much a a diversity hire. That's more of the fact that you have metrosexuals producing these things, and they want a metrosexual like Ezra Miller involved. So, yeah. but DC is just I don't know what they're doing. Uh, and James Gunn isn't going to come right out and tell you either. So. Exactly. And that's what kills me. And that's what's killing a bunch of fans. Because right now, fans are just like, what? what's going on here? Now, this will, again, this leads into this next news. Uh, it has been greenlit for Matt Reeves' uh, sequel to the Batman series. Um, even though James Gunn has came out and says... We're not doing no more, you know, Batman and stuff. We're focusing on Superman, a younger Superman, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, but we're revamping Matt Batman. Reeves' Batman. Batman anyway. Twilight. Sparkle Batman. Uh, that was what we, that's what we called him two years ago when they went into production. It's, uh, again, you're failing yeah. up. The... The Sparkle Batman actually made a little bit of change, so they're they're going to go ahead and they're just going to ride that pony right into the ground. So, yeah, it's just I don't know what's going on. I I do have like my rant can go on and on, but I, it's, it, I DC Universe right now is still in better shape than Marvel mainly because DC has not been putting out the stuff that Marvel has been putting out. Marvel is not only on the rocks, but it's been splayed open and had its entrails smeared all over the beach. They're, they're already talking about switching over to Phase 5 and in the MCU, and nobody cares. Nobody cares. The only way you're going to get anybody to care is bring Robert Downey Jr. back. And that's just not going to happen either, because he's going to be the uh, he's going to be the next uh, Brainiac in the new Superman movie whenever they get around to making it. I don't know if he's going to be Brainiac, but the scuttlebutt has it that they're trying to get Robert Downey Jr. over to the DC side of things. So, wow! And as and if he needs 
If he needs nine-digit paydays, by golly, Warner will give it to him to have him come on over. Wow. But in, but have Robert Downey Jr. as uh, as Brainiac, not Lex Luthor, and I text, I actually tweeted this out too, but not as Lex Luthor, because Lex Luthor's been done to death. We don't need another Lex Luthor story, just like we don't need another Superman origin story. Have Robert Downey Jr. in as a really suave, smooth-talking Brainiac, and then you can have Ezra Miller as crypto. So, <laughs> no dog anyway. No what? Very good. Very good. What you got, Chris? You said you got two rants. Um, rant. No, that was a Matt Reeves and, and Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller. Yeah. That'll do it. Yeah. What else you got? Um, so okay. the 80th Golden Globes happened. Um, and did anybody actually watch the 80th Golden Globes? I think they just wanted to see how much of a dumpster fire that there was and <laughs> also uh, see what was going to happen with Brendan Fraser, which who did not show up. They can't blame him. Yeah, can't blame him at all for that. Um, but things like uh, Austin Butler, who played Elvis, won for Best Actor. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I've heard a lot of talk about the Golden Globes, but I don't know any of the results. I didn't well, hear a single bit who won anything. Well, now, there's some inter very interesting ones here that, uh, honestly, I, I, is worthy talking about. Hmm. So, Eddie Murphy uh, got a, a huge award, got the, uh, I'm going to butcher this name, Cecile, Cecile B. Cecil. Cecil B. DeMille, only Thank one you. of the greatest producers in movie history. I can never movie geek. Well, I can't. I can't pronounce the name though. I can't C pronounce Cecil the name. Cecil B. DeMille. Cecil, yes, that guy. Okay, yes. yeah, that guy. Anyway, <laughs> got the award. Uh, so Eddie Murphy got up there, you know, gave a great speech, and and nobody paid attention to it. Well, I don't, I don't know about that. It was great to see him actually be presented about something good. Uh, Michelle Young, who uh, got Best Actress for Everywhere, Every, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, um, which is a really big deal because she's been in the acting game for a very long time. Uh, she has done everything from being stunt woman to, to acting and like from foreign films to now and it's just like wild so the fact that she got best actress mwah, good for her she deserves it okay. uh and oh my goodness why i i read these names and i'm just like i'm gonna butcher it so i'm gonna call him data from goonies i have no idea who that is i've never watched the goonies i will never watch the goonies short route for from Indiana Jones, that kid. What? Why in the world is he still kicking around? Oh no 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 no! This guy is the most sweetest guy ever. Seriously. Give me the name. Give me the name. Which one is it? Kiko. Yeah, you can have that one. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I, ain't even uh, that one. I feel bad. Uh, he is uh, a, a, an amazing person. I've seen interviews with him, and there's actually this clip on uh, that you can find on YouTube 
where uh, at uh, the another award show that not the Golden Globes, but it was a different award show where Brandon Fraser won an award for uh, his portrayal in the well. He actually went to that one and got the award. And there's this uh, moment where he's coming uh, backstage and Brendan Fraser just walks out and Data from Goonies and, you know, Indiana Jones sees him and they run and hug each other. And it's just like everybody's back going like, oh, you know, because these are two icons that was actually beaded up in Hollywood and is now having their rise and acknowledge of existence and these guys deserve so much so it's it's amazing to see these two mm-hmm. actually make it that's nice that's uh, nice and there was also a, 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 apparently there's a story that he told where him and Brandon did a, a movie a long, long, long time ago together, and they've been best friends ever since. And he also told a story about how Steven Spielberg never forgot him and actually uh, every year gave him a birthday present. And they had a huge touching reunion as well because Steven Spielberg, uh, his movie The Fablemans, won Best Picture of the Year. And nobody knew it came out. Which is sad because I hear good things, and as a film, as someone that loves films, that's what the movie's about. It's about just filmmaking and the magic of movies. So you know. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Let's go. Speaking of Steven Spielberg, John Williams, who literally came out and we reported this, said that he was retiring and everything, but. He came out and said, if Steven Spielberg does another movie and ask him to come back to do the music, he will say yes in a heartbeat. Of course he will. It's Steven Spielberg. Steven, look, go back through the Spielberg catalog. You will see John Williams on nearly every score because the two are just on the same wavelength. Spielberg knows just how important a film score, the music, not just the songs that hit the radio, but the the score behind the action, the quiet scenes, the heavy scenes, the action scenes, all of them depend so much upon, uh, upon the musical score in order to really establish the mood, the presence, the, the pacing and everything. Those two get each other, and they work together, and absolutely, John Williams, as long as he's sucking wind, and Steven Spielberg is sucking wind, if Spielberg ever decides he's gonna, he's got the hots to do something, Williams be right there with him. So, oh yeah, and I won't mind a bit because nope. I love listening to John Williams scores, because he, the man is one of the very few people left, not just in Hollywood but in the entire entertainment industry who can take an entire full orchestra and take it exactly where he needs it to go. Nobody else in Hollywood can handle an orchestra like John Williams can. So, That's true. So, I totally agree. There. Oh, heck yeah. So what else you got, Chris? All right, this is a little far off uh, oh, topic. Yeah. Uh, but uh, United States uh, government, military, whoever it is, 
has released uh, 510 new documents of uh, UFOs exist. As the whole world pretty much sat there and be like, yeah. Yeah, we know, we, we, we know this. I remember a few years back, Trump was the one who started the ball rolling on this one. Oh, we're going to we're going to release all the the UFO stuff. Nobody cared. Nobody cared then. Okay? Because we already had Art Bell doing uh, the nighttime radio shows and stuff. He covered it ad nauseum. And so everybody was like, eh. We're used to it now. Okay? So we're used to that idea. And okay, so you release the UFO files. How many alien, how many alien beings were put out as have how much proof of alien life is included in any of these documents exactly it's like oh flying Every, saucer yeah, yeah you got no 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 we're not talking about flying saucers we're talking about unidentified flying objects we couldn't tell what kind of spacecraft what kind of aircraft it was what kind of spacecraft it was we don't know what in the heck it was it fell to earth it soared up to the sky we don't know where it came from it's a ufo not a flying saucer there's a difference it was a UFO. So so everybody pretty much just collectively went, oh. The same way a lot of people have reacted within this past week, story came out that Richard Nixon was the one who was trying to get the CIA files on the Kennedy assassination released, and that's why he was taken down with Watergate. Because every one of the plumbers involved in the Watergate break-in had a tie to the CIA in one way or another. They were the ones who set him up. They were the ones who tore him down because he was... Now the story comes out. Not only was Nixon involved, but the CIA was actually involved in the assassination. And nobody cares because Mindy Kaling is dumping all over Velma. <laughs> okay, whatever. Y'all yeah, do you. I, I heard a... Y'all do you, boo. I'm done. I heard one on uh, Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. How... He was actually still alive, and they uh, killed him at the hospital. And, like, they, the doctor put a pillow over his head and <laughs> suffocated him and stuff like that. And I was like, hmm. uh, It depends on whether his sister was one of the people Dr. King was banging. No, that wasn't, that's not terribly common knowledge, but. Yeah, Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. was a notorious horn dog. And so, yeah. One of those do as I say, not as I do types. Anyway. But hey, he led some freedom marches, made sure he put his put his face in front, did a much better job of the marketing than than like Jesse Jackson or Al Sharpton or the Elijah Muhammad ever did. So there you go. That's what gets us kicked off YouTube. I was <laughs> going to say, I was like... <laughs> I'm supposed to save that for the chore of duty, but I don't have time for it on the chore of duty. Like that? Yeah. So... Moving on. Yeah, there you go. Moving on. Sorry. Moving on. Truth hurts. Bill. What you got, Chris? I, well, I mean, some of my dreams was just like crushed, I think. Yeah, well, I do that. I do that a lot. What you got, Chris? <laughs> All right, last news. Yay. Um, some awesome things come to the public domain. <laughs> if they're allowed to stay there. Go ahead. So the public domain released a bunch of stuff, and here we go. Yeah. 
So, Putting on the Ritz is now public domain. The song Putting on the Ritz. Mm. Do, 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 but do, not the Taco do, version. Do, do, do. Taco version. Taco. Oh, it was Taco. I don't know. It was one of those Not that version, the original version of Putting on the Ritz. Yes. Go ahead. Yes. Metropolis, the great scientific movie that came out. The Okay, it's great. Metrop you can now watch Metropolis like you can watch Night of the Living Dead. Because, yes. But the problem is, if you look at the public domain copy of Night of the Living Dead, it's murky, it's dark, it's garbled, it's hard to tell what's going on all the time. You need a digitally restored file in order to really get a good view of what they were trying to do in the film. which may, And that one is under copyright. That's how you renew a copyright on something. Sure, Night of the Living Dead is in public domain, but the but the version you can actually watch isn't. Same thing with Metropolis. The original Metropolis is in public domain. Great. But if you've got a print that wasn't made in 1920-whatever, it's still under copyright. So mm -hmm. Now, that's where the, uh, the UCLA Film Archive... Restoration guys get in there and try to take a, a an original print and try to bring it up to modern standards and stuff. That usually gets entered back into the public domain. So, if it was in the public domain to begin with. But they do a lot of restoration work, which is good on them. What else you got? Uh, Wings, which is the first movie to ever win Best Picture. Mm, I'm not aware of that one. Oh, well. Um, I think that's the one, isn't that the one that, uh, uh, what is his name, Howard Hughes? Probably. Dude. He had the hots for things with wings. Mm. Yeah. I think it's he liked hot wings. <laughs> and then the best for last on this, uh, public domain, every freaking thing that has to do with Sherlock Holmes, all the movies, all the books, are... Public, public domain. domain. In the United States. Not necessarily in Great Britain. But in the United States, Sherlock Holmes is now in the public domain. Which means now we're going to get to see Sherlock Holmes. A horror know, movie. A, a horror <laughs> movie. Or sort of a, maybe you can get into a celebrity death match with Winnie the Pooh or something. Uh. <laughs> so that's what you got, Chris. Yeah, that's what I got. That's what he got. Okay. So, let's go ahead and wrap this. We're actually getting done in a half hour, which is a good thing. Like I said, we have two more shows to do. Uh, we do have a chore of duty coming up where I'm going to be talking about, if you've ever heard the phrase, no justice, no peace, I'm going to take that apart and just rip it the little tiny rippy bits and explain to you why you can never have peace where you're pursuing justice. And it's why the United States is struggling so mightily right now. We'll talk about that on the chore of duty. Keep an eye out on that on your on your video feeds and your uh, and your uh, podcasts. It's what they're called. <laughs> Meanwhile, we also finally have another episode of Backrack Video coming out. And Chris, what are we talking about on Backrack Video this week? Lost Generation. The Lost Generation. Yes. How the early '90s gave. Uh, Basically, family films, some hope, dreams, and things that we do not get now. Yeah, so I can see that. So we'll be talking about that a little further down. So, you got any final words for the for the Geo family kids? Uh, 
keep geeking. Keep geeking. Okay. Keep geeking for all I care. So, till next time, I'm Spike. I'm Chris. And y'all keep geeking out. Ta y'all. Bye.